0: to hot dogs, apple pie, and haggis with Joe and the Scott. Enjoy and tell your friends.
1: Welcome to the sixth edition of Hot dogs, apple pies, and haggis. Haggis. (laughs) Hey, be sure to check out our website, too. You can pick up our, um, mainly to give us your feedback. And you can do it on Twitter, and you can also find us on Facebook. Correct? Correct. Okay. Because we like to hear from you. Just to get your ideas of, um, you know, maybe what you'd like to hear or comment on something that we have... um, been talking about so again that is hot dogs apple pie and haggis the website uh, there's no and right on twitter it's joe and the scott oh joe and the scott on twitter okay yeah i'm joe she's a scott and i'm the scott she eats haggis occasionally i like haggis i don't i'm one of the odd guys Well, it's uh, December 7th, so obviously that's when we uh, remember Pearl Harbor, the one and only attack on the United States, which will go down in infamy. Um, But the, the thing that's really pissed me off this last couple weeks, and well, longer than that, but the strength of which... Trump is still stirring everything up, and I think it's worse.
0: Oh, it's much worse.
1: I think after after the election, I think that um, it it kind of he tried to be relevant, but people really weren't paying attention. Uh, but after the insurrection, then the power came.
0: I see a parallel there. Um. Hitler was jailed for five years and got out in, in uh, 1924 after only eight months. And he then formed his private army of worshippers, which eventually was the Nazi party and took over Germany. And we know how that went. And it, it looks like Trump's doing the same thing.
1: By the way, if you happen to think that you're hearing a cat, you we, are. We have been joined. <laughs> <laughs> and if we lock her out, she's just going to scratch on the door. So she's uh, checking everything out as we speak. Huh, Hi, Wendy. No, you're absolutely right. And it's, well, here's some numbers that I found staggering. A security group at the University of Chicago uh, did a national analytical poll. And this is a a rather large deal. And I think it was Dana Milbank that made this happen. She's all right. Just gives a little bit of hominess to the show. To the mic. But this this group at uh, University of Chicago, 8% of the country, which is roughly 21 million people, say that the election still is illegitimate, or was illegitimate.
0: very scary.
1: And they also said that they would go and protest about it, even if it turned violent, even if there was a chance of it turning violent, they would still go and protest. Even more frightening, when they reworded the question, so to speak, do you think it's legitimate to take up arms to restore Donald J. Trump to the White House if he loses, or if he runs, first of all, but if he loses in 2024. number went up.
0: I know. It just...
1: It went up to 12%.
0: It boggles my mind.
1: I just... I don't know.
0: It is the result of all the propaganda... That has been put out there since 2015. And it got more intense after the 2020 election. And it just gets worse. And um, people like Fox News, OAN, and Newsmax are responsible.
1: And by the way, if you think that... um The coup is over. It's not.
0: Oh, no. Nothing near like it. It's ongoing.
1: Nothing is not.
0: I wonder how many of of people that listen to us also watched Rachel Maddow last night.
1: Well, I hope so. I like to think so, but it's it's not a requirement.
0: The article in The Atlantic is something that every American
1: should read. Well, that's where we're going right now. This is one of the best pieces I've read in a long, long time. Um, based on uh, the next coup, which is in action right now, and there's a piece. If you get a chance, if you go to the Atlantic, um, or if you can find it elsewhere, because you got to you got to subscribe to the Atlantic to to uh, go on the website and get stuff, I believe. Um, But there's Bart Gelman, who happened to be on Rachel Maddow last night. He did a piece. It's it's on the internet, but it's not in the magazine until January. And it's entitled, Trump's next coup has already begun. January 6th was practice. Donald Trump's GOP is much better positioned to subvert the next election. So it starts out like this. Uh, I'll read verbatim through a lot of this stuff, but there's there's one section I really want to get to that really makes the this attitude it just it's striking and it's exactly what we hear from people daily. So it starts out technically the next attempt to overthrow a national election may not qualify as a coup. It will rely on the subversion more than violence, although each will have its place. If the plot succeeds, the ballots cast by American voters will not decide the presidency in 2024. Thousands of votes will be thrown away, or millions, to produce the required effect. The winner will be declared the loser, and the loser will be certified president-elect. And if you're shaking your head, saying, nah, that can't happen. These people honestly believe the election was stolen.
0: And this can happen.
1: And it's like ninety-two or 80%, I believe, of Republicans believe it wholeheartedly. I mean, there's there's just no ifs, ands, or buts. And every time you throw up a fact, then they just ellipse it with something else. Just replace it with another thought, as they're very good at doing. So it continues. The prospect of this uh, democratic collapse is not remote. And that's what it is. And that's why it's so scary. This seriously, trust me, I am not a conspiratorial guy. No. I do not believe in conspiracies. This is real deal. And we've heard you know we've heard this loosely thrown out there election after election you know just kind of half uh, had half-heartedly um this is the end of democracy well this is this is very serious this is, <laughs> this
0: is, this is so serious this is here
1: now. it's right here on our doorstep so it continues the prospect of this democratic collapse is uh, not remote people with the motive to make it happen, are manufacturing the means as we speak. Given the opportunity, they will act, and they will, and they're they're doing it already. And you ask how that's happening? That's happening by all of these. Um, I, I, there's something like, what was it? Twenty five people are running for office that were at the insurrection. Yeah, and they're running for office. Yep. Yeah. Trump and
0: Trump's the, vetting everybody. Some that Some of them
1: wants in. are going to win. Yeah. So if you think Bobert and those guys are nuts, wait till you get a load of these guys. Yeah. So Bart Gilman continues. He says, who or what will safeguard our constitutional order is not apparent today. It's not even apparent who will try. Democrats big and small D are not behaving as if they believe the threat is real. Some of them, including President Joe Biden, have taken passing rhetorical notice. But their attention wanders. They're making a grievous mistake. And I agree. I don't think we're taking this seriously, the Democrats. They're obviously aware of it. The democratic emergency is already here. Richard L. Hassan, a professor of law and political science at UC Irvine, told me in late October, Hassan prides himself on being a judicious temperament. Only a year ago, he was cautioning me about hyperbole, and against hyperbole. Now he speaks matter-of-factly about the death of our basic politic. We face, uh, quote, we face a serious risk that American democracy as we know it will come to an end in 2024, he says, but urgent action is not happening. I personally don't think Trump's gonna run in 2024 I think he's on the grip I think he's making money he'll have influence I honestly don't think he's gonna run in 2024.
0: I think he will
1: okay well most people do and I hope
0: unless he dies by then
1: I hope I'm right but um, I just you know if not it's going to be another Trump but even so person.
0: the Republicans are putting all the gerrymandering and voter suppression in place they're replacing all the electoral workers they're replacing everybody from ground up to make sure that they get the election result they want in
1: 2022 well the scary part and he continues on this the scary part is um the uh, legislators in georgia texas arizona and I think Wisconsin fortunately Wisconsin has a Democratic uh, governor that might put a hinder on that but they're they're making it so they're they're creating laws so the legislature can overturn for any reason if they don't like who was elected they can just overthrow it and call it fraud
0: yeah
1: and you say well it's Arizona and Texas and Georgia you need more states than that no <laughs> The, the other states are pretty well laid out. Ohio, you know, that's a crossover. Pennsylvania's a crossover. But the rest of them are pretty well laid out, red or blue. But those states are purple. They can, well, Georgia proved it. Yep,
0: they're working on the purple states.
1: They're working on the purple states. And if they can get all those legislators to um, be the people in charge instead of the Secretary of State, which they're also trying to change those guys as well. For more than a year now, with tacit and ex- explicit su- support for their party's national leaders, um, state Republican op- operatives sorry, have been building an apparatus of election theft. Elected officials in Arizona, Texas, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, which I left out, and other states have studied Donald Trump's crusade to overturn the 2020 election. They have noted the points of failure and have taken concrete steps to avoid failure next time. They've learned and they've seen how, what didn't work. And so now they're going to make sure it will work if called upon to do so. But this, the reason I'm reading this, it's a great piece, one of the best pieces I've seen, and I haven't even finished it yet, but it comes down to this point. Now, he he talks about this uh, gentleman that was at the edge of the Capitol grounds, just west of the reflecting pool. He says that a striking figure stands in spit-shine shoes and 10-button uniform coat. He's 6'4", 61 years old, with chiseled good looks and an aura of command that is undimmed by retirement. Once according to the silver bars on his collar, he held the rank of captain in the New York Fire Department. He is not supposed to wear the old uniform at political events, but he pays that rule no mind today. The uniform tells the world that he is a man of substance, a man who has saved lives and held authority. Richard C. Patterson needs every shred of that authority for this occasion. He has come to speak on behalf of an urgent cause. Pelosi's political prisoners, he tells me, have been unjustly jailed. Patterson is talking about the men and women held on criminal charges after invading the Capitol on January 6th. He does not all approve of the word insurrection. That's another thing about these people. They don't believe it's an insurrection. And you're gonna hear the story here. It wasn't an insurrection, he says, at the September uh, 18th rally called for justice. This is at the rally after where he, he met this guy at the rally that they came to, which there was what, about hundred people there? hundred people. And um, they were there in D.C. to protest against those who have been arrested some 600 people, in the insurrection. He continues, none of our countrymen and women who are currently being held and charged with insurrection, they're charged with misdemeanor charges. And like so many others, Patterson is doing his best to parse a torrent of political information. And he's failing. Patterson is misinformed on the latter point. Of the more than 600 defendants, 78 are in custody as we speak. Most of those awaiting trial in jail are charged with serious crimes, such as assault on a police officer, violence with deadly weapons, conspiracy, or unlawful possession of firearms and explosives. Jeffrey McCallop of Virginia, for instance, is alleged to have hurled a flagpole-like spear into an officer's face. McCallop, of course, has pleaded not guilty even though he's on film. Patterson was not in Washington on January 6th, but he is fluent in the revisionist narratives spread by fabulous and trolls on social media. He knows these stories verse by verse, the ones about January 6th and the ones about election rigged against Trump. His convictions are worth examining because he and the millions of Americans, Americans who think as he does, are the primary source of Trump's power to corrupt the next election. With a sufficient dose of truth serum, most Republican politicians would likely confess that Biden won, the 20, won in 2020, but the great mass of lumpen Trumpers who believe the big lie with unshakable force obliged them to pretend otherwise. Like so many others, Patterson is doing his best to parse a torrential flow of political information and he is failing. His failures leave him, nearly always, with the world view expounded by Trump. We fall into a long conversation in the sweltering heat and then continue it for weeks by phone and email. I want to plumb the depths of his beliefs and understand what lies Behind his comment to them, or commitment to them, he is prepared to grant me the status of fellow truth seeker. The Stop the Steal rally for election integrity was peaceful, he says. Now there's a problem. I don't think the big takeaway is when Old Glory made its way into the Rotunda on January 6th. Our fearless public officials dove for cover at the sight of the American flag.
0: Oh, man.
1: So he hid. He thinks they all hid because they took the flag in there. Even though there's how many flags on the house floor. What about the violence? The crowds battling police? Quote, Patterson, The police were seen on video, in uniform, allowing people past the bicycle rack barricades and into the building, he replies. I mean, that's established. The unarmed crowd did not overpower The officers in body armor.
0: Oh, they came off a tourist bus. Yeah, they did.
1: There's a ship that came in. That's a bunch of tourists. He says, that didn't happen. They were allowed in. So, Bart continues. He says, "Uh, surely he has seen other video, though. And shaky handful of footage, uh, the shaky handful footage taken by rioters themselves of police officers falling under blows of baseball bats and hockey sticks and fire extinguisher and a length of pipe. A crowd-crushing officer, Daniel Hodges, in a doorway shouting, Heave Ho! Does Patterson know that January 6th was among the worst days for law enforcement casualties since September 11th, 2001? That at least 151 officers from the Capitol Police and the Metropolitan Police Department suffered injuries, including broken bones, concussions, chemical burns, and a taser-induced heart attack? Patterson has not heard these things. Abruptly, he shifts gears. Maybe there was violence, but the Patriots were not to blame. There were people there deliberately to make it look worse than it was, he explains. A hateful of ill-behaved, potentially possibly agent's provocateur. He repeats the phrase, agent's provocateur. I have on information, we're in the crowd. They were there for nefarious means, doing the bidding of whom I have no idea. On information, I ask? What information? You can look up his name. His name is retired three-star Air Force General McEnary. You got to find them on Rumble. They took them off YouTube. Sure enough, they're on Rumble and still on YouTube. I find a video of Lieutenant General Thomas G. McHenry, 84, three decades gone from the Air Force. His story takes a long time to tell because the plot includes Italian satellites, Pakistan's intelligence service, and former FBI director James Comey selling secret US cyber weapons to China. Eventually, it emerges that special forces mixed with Antifa, <laughs> we'll get back to that, combined to invade the seat of Congress on January 6th and then blame the invasion on Trump supporters with the conclusion, with the collusion of Senators Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell along with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. In a further wrinkle, Pelosi, by, McEnner, by McEnnery's account, uh, became frantic soon afterward when she discovered that her own false flag operation had captured a laptop filled with evidence of her treason.
0: Oh, for goodness sake.
1: McHenry had just... I wonder if it's right there with Hunters. Uh, McHenry had just come from the White House, and he says in his monologue, recorded two days after the Capitol riot, Trump was about to release the Pelosi evidence, McHenry says that he had seen the laptop with his own eyes. McEnary had seen the laptop with his own eyes. It shook me that Patterson took this video for proof. If my house had caught fire 10 years before, my life might have depended on this discernment, on his discernment and clarity of thought. He was an Eagle Scout. He earned a college degree. He kept current on the news. And yet he has wandered off from this empirical world Placing us faith in fantastic tales that lack any basis, in fact, or explicable logic. This, uh,
0: it boggles my mind.
1: I, I, I can't even wrap my head around somebody. You know, the, it would be possible for my mind to get that twisted. I think that's what's hard about
0: it. I think that's hard. We 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 find it, we're unable to grasp how... People have begun to think that way. Mm-hmm. Is it a mental illness? Is it brainwashing? Um, is it is it uh, what they call psyops? Um, Mike Flynn. He's definitely been putting out a pile of of really way out there. No, oh, he's all Q. But he's all Q. But he's also using. Um, like the the optics and the verbiage that is used in in propaganda by authoritarian states.
1: So he goes, I I tell all this to Patterson. McInry, the Military Times, reported went off the rails after a successful Air Force career. For a while during the Obama years, he was prominent he was a prominent birther and he appeared on a lot of Fox News before being fired as a Fox commentator in 2015 for making baseless claims about John McCain. Last November, he told the WVW broadcast network that the CIA CIA operated a computer server farm in Germany that had helped rig the presidential vote for Biden, and that five special forces soldiers had just died trying to seize the evidence. The Army and the U.S. Special Operations Command put out a dutiful, put out dutiful statements that no such mission and no such casualties had taken place. Of course, Patterson wrote me sarcastically, government would never, in caps, lie to their own, in caps, citizens. He did not trust the Pentagon's denials. These are seldom words or time enough to lay conspiracy theory to rest. Each rebuttal is met with a fresh round of delusions.
0: Isn't that the one that Sidney Powell came out with? What's that? The um, story about the. Oh, there's
1: Italians. Some Italians and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Some psyops.
0: Is she in jail yet?
1: Not yet. She should have her own prison. He portrays himself as a man who may be wrong, and if I am, I admit it. And he does indeed concede on some small points, but a deep rage seems to fuel his conviction. Now if you don't like swear words, then shut us down right now, because you're about to get some. I asked him for the first time that we met, that we met, that if we could talk about what's happening in the country, not the election itself. His smile faded. His voice rose. There ain't no fucking way we are letting go of 3rd November 2020, he said. That is not going to fucking happen. That's not happening. This motherfucker was stolen. The world knows this bumbling, senile, career corrupt fuck squatting in our White House did not get 81 million votes. He he had many proofs. (laughs) All he really needed, though, was arithmetic.
0: Oh, no, not the numerology crap.
1: Ah, here you go. The record indicates, according to Patterson, 141 million of us were registered to vote and cast a ballot on November 3rd, he says. Trump is credited with 74 million votes out of 141 million. That leaves 67 million for Joe. That doesn't leave more... Where's the other 14 million votes? Where'd they come from? Patterson did not recall where he had heard those figures. He did not think that he read Gateway Pundit, which is where it came from. They were the first to advance the garbled statistics. Possibly he saw Trump amplify the claim on Twitter or television or something like that. But here's the point. I mean, even if if that's the case, if it was 141 million votes, what makes them think 74 million are more Trumps? Exactly. (laughs) If there there were less votes. The other thing that that boggles my mind, how creative, if you're going to overthrow an election by vote, if if you're voting. So what? you go to vote and you vote for president and you vote for uh, for the down votes, whether it be House, Senate, whatever it may be, or the local votes. Republicans won the majority of those. Down ballots, yeah. Yeah, down ballots. Republicans won the majority of those. So you're telling me that Democrats, more Democrats or more ballots had Biden's name on it to vote, but yet we still voted for Republicans? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody questions that number. No. I mean, it, it, it's, just, it's just mind-boggling. If I go in and vote, I'm voting All-Democrat, which I think probably most Democrats did. So you're not going to go in there and put Biden there, and then the state assemblyman is going to be Republican, and the senator is going, I'm going to vote Republican, I'm going to vote Republican, I'm going to vote Republican, but I voted for Biden. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. None of it. it does. None. And that's what... That's, Look at these idiots in Dallas.
0: Oh, the JFKers with their 174. It's going to happen soon. Yeah. You'll see.
1: Yeah. I and write. Nobody knows what a 174 is, but it's on a sign. So. It's on a sign, yeah. so
0: therefore it must be true.
1: So if you don't know about these wackos, the JFK is coming back.
0: And his son. And they're going to be the president and the vice president.
1: I will repeat. JFK is coming back. Coming back to life. JFK was a Democrat? Yes. I don't know. See, that's another really? mind-boggling thing. They picked JFK and his son and to yet, come back who were severe Democrats. Uh, I, 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 But then again, if you think somebody's coming back, what the hell does the name mean?
0: But then if you want to destabilize a country... You have to have several things going on all at once. So it's just a diversion.
1: But those those guys don't even matter to me. But, they don't but it's but it's the mindset of all these people that are uh, claiming stop the steal.
0: They are of causing chaos. Exactly. Weaken a nation, exactly. weaken
1: democracy. So it didn't work the last time. But it's working now, it's ongoing. And it's but they're they're putting everything in place to overthrow 2024 if need be
0: Okay I found a bit this morning by a guy called Eric Rabel Rabel he was the he says I'm a nobody um, well actually he's, he's he knows what he's talking about, he's former correspondent at NBC uh, CBS uh, national security correspondent former correspondent, Bureau Chief at CBS News, former war correspondent at Vietnam. So he knows what he's talking about. This morning he wrote, and I'm just going to quote this all the way through. Yeah, sure, go. And I'm sorry if it scares the hell out of people, but you really need to know he's not the only person that's saying this now. I'm a nobody, but based on the advice from people who are somebody, you had better get ready for the complete, imminent and bloody collapse of our democracy as a lunatic, not unlike Adolf Hitler, is returning to power. Trump has built the first American mass political movement in the past century that is ready to fight by any means necessary, including bloodshed, for its cause. What's more, many of us who have been fighting to restore our democratic rights and principles are going to be targets marked for death if we're not already. I know, I've received threats for being outspoken. Do not be surprised if you hear from the insurrectionists as well. Let what happened to the Jews in Germany in the 1930s and 1940s be a lesson to all of us who stand for American democracy, for the rights of women, blacks, and all who are targets of white supremacists. If you are not strong enough to withstand the next coup d'etat, you may wish to devise an escape plan now and get out before it's too late. You think it can't happen in America? Think again, my friends. January the 6th was just a rehearsal." Yep. End quote. Chilling.
1: Uh, A lot of people are saying that. But it's true. It is true.
0: It is absolutely true.
1: Okay, so he continues a little bit, and it just goes hand in hand with what you just read.
0: Back to the Atlantic.
1: Back to the Atlantic, uh, piece by Bart uh, Gelman. Great piece. So he comes back on the numbers, the 141, you know, 74 million for Trump, 60 million for Biden. And has the same question I just asked you. <laughs> Why don't you say Biden got 81 million votes and there's only 60 million left for Trump, I asked. Patterson was astonished. It's not disputed, he says. 74 million vote count that was credited to President Trump's re-election effort. He replied, baffled at my ignorance. It's not in dispute. (laughs) Have you heard that President Trump engaged in cheating and fraudulent practices and crooked machines? Biden was the one accused of rigging the vote. Not only that, how does Biden rig a vote of the the nation? I mean, that's just ridiculous. Why would he? Well, in all the states that they're talking about, Republicans ran the damn thing. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. So, you know, I just... I, I want people to be aware of this. I feel like I'm Alex Jones sitting here throwing out conspiracy theories. But no, it's but it's not. But it's, not. It, it's this is just freaking crazy. It scares the hell out of me. I mean, not physically, but just well yeah, physically too. It's it's I mean, I'm not worried about somebody coming to my door and shooting me in the front because they know I'm a tr um yeah, oh, I almost said something bad there. <gasps> because they know that I'm a Democrat. I'm not worried about that. I, I mean, if I put myself in that position where they are, in a protest or something, yeah, I'd be a little concerned about it. But what I'm worried about is our damn democracy.
0: Above all else.
1: Because that's gone. And once it's gone.
0: Regardless of political ideology, gone. democracy yep. comes first. You've got to uphold that democracy. It's so important.
1: Yeah, this guy's got, he's got to be stopped. But outside of the obvious biological... Reasons that he couldn't run, <laughs> which, yeah, I'm not going to say that. I'll have the CIA at my door. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're no
0: threat to democracy. Can, shall I Shall I just do something?
1: Yeah, do something light. Light. Yeah. Did you know? <laughs> God.
0: Did you know? So. Democrat Sarah Gideon has donated leftover campaign funds from her Senate race in Maine against Susan Collins to help low-income parents earn degrees and certifications, funds totaling $3.5 million. That's what Maine could have had as a senator. Instead, they're stuck with an Aunt Lydia. Isn't that... I think that's great news.
1: I do too. I think that's great I do news.
0: too. I wish more people would do such things, but I do have a good a good news story. I do. Okay. Would you like to hear it? Yes, I would love okay. to. Okay. This is from the UK and and this is this is just so heartwarming. So, March 2017. It's freezing. I mean, the UK is generally cold right up until May. So, Um, James Anderson, shout out to him, bless you soul. He got a call from a man who needed a new boiler, but he wanted a second opinion. So Anderson goes out, checks out his boiler, couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. But the man in the house was elderly. He was bed bound. He needed a hoist to get up. And he had carers visiting every day. So he was pretty vulnerable. He had no hot water. The kitchen radiator was making a clanking noise. None of Anderson's usual fixes worked. He was scratching his head. So he thought, okay, I'm just going to open this tank and have a look and see. He found a magazine jammed in the tank. What? A magazine. The previous engineer had stuffed it there so he could make five thousand five hundred more pounds installing a new boiler. So Anderson was fuming. He got onto the company, raised Mary Hell, got the man a refund, put in his sorted his boiler um and then he thought, you know, these people they're pensioners. Some of them are spending so much on heating that They can't afford a pint of milk. So Anderson says, I'm 54 years old. I've been on the holidays, had the nice car, eaten in the fancy restaurants. I don't need to experience those again. It's my pleasure to help. And it's my duty to help those who are less well off. So what he did was he gave up his business and he started a a charity for those that are living on the poverty line. And it's called DEFER, D-E-P-H-E-R, if anybody wants to contribute, Um, in Burnley in England. They've so far, since then, they've helped 19,000 people at the cost of 1.2 million. Wow. Now, doesn't that just warm your heart? It does.
1: warms the cockles of my heart.
0: So, just in other news before we go... Omicron cases are rising across the world. Figures from Scotland increased tenfold in the last week. Um, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think we can agree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, 1,300, that's 1,300 people a day are dying of Delta still in the U.S.
1: Yeah, that's uh, just to interrupt a little bit, but the Omicron, uh, obviously it's, it's new. But from everything I've heard so far, it's not, it doesn't have the effect on you as the Delta variant does. Thankfully. So, that's that's the good news. But if Bad you're not news is vaccinated, is yeah.
0: if you're not vaccinated yet, get those damn jabs, people. Um, other news.
1: Or if you listen to Fox News, just go out and catch it. And if you live, then that's the best way.
0: Yeah. mm yeah yeah um other news many people will be seeing what's going on in Ukraine at the moment. what's the response going to be from the us um I think from what I've seen what I've read people i've I've uh, spoken to in Ukraine on the ground, the West needs to put their foot down literally. there's already been fourteen thousand deaths in Ukraine since twenty fourteen. fourteen, they're, they're already fighting that war with Putin. I don't think he's I don't think he's messing about this time, and I don't think they need the Chamberlain appeasement approach from the West.
1: So in in your opinion on that, do you believe that he's going to go all out on this? Or you think he's just flexing?
0: Well <laughs> He flexes. He's he's done it.
1: Oh, well, he flexes every day.
0: But. He, no, but he he flexes his muscles from time to time. And there's something different about this time. The build up to the east, the build up to the south, Belarus. Lukashenko said that he'll go in with Putin if he decides to invade. They the amount of propaganda that Putin's putting out in his own country. Last week, he had a piece out saying that uh, the US were going to hit Russia with a nuclear weapon. You you can't put something like that out there. No. And that's a scary thing. And you've got soldiers on the front in Ukraine who are fighting the um, pro-Russian separatists. Then you've got Putin giving the pro-Russian separatists, passports, um, Russian citizenship. It's almost as if he's trying to take the country over by stealth. And once he gets the eastern part, what's to stop a full-on, ingoing thing?
1: Well, Michael McFowell doesn't think he's going to. Michael's usually right. But he also says he doesn't know
0: nobody can tell what he reason. says
1: he said that he doesn't even if you don't know who Michael McFowl is he's a former ambassador to Russia um, yeah I don't I don't know you know more about that uh, you're you're stronger on this than I am
0: I think because the former president of the United States of America allowed this country to be weakened pretty much brought to its knees
1: mm-hmm.
0: by his behavior. And I think Putin just sat back and he thought, oh, yeah, here's my opportunity now. And he sees Biden as weak.
1: Well, had a text from a friend last night who was listening to, um, what's the guy's name now? I forgot. Anyway, the author of Nostradamus. The Nostradamus books. Oh yeah, and apparently he had predicted when Biden was elected, or just before he was elected, he had predicted that if Biden was elected, that he would take us into nuclear war with Russia. And so now you got that going around too. The people who listen to Radio America and all that kind of stuff.
0: I don't think there will be a nuclear war. It's not within. Putin's, uh, he, yeah, he's he's not going to go that far. I don't see that happening. No. But he is up for a land grab. And these countries that broke away from the USSR, that fell 30 years ago. So maybe Putin wants to make a statement by trying to take one of them back. He already took part of Georgia.
1: Well, I guess we'll find out.
0: Yeah. So, but the one story that I did get out of that, um, that there's a a Russian, a Ukrainian soldier on the front lines who who tweets quite often, Glasnost, gone. And he tweeted about this lady who has knitted thousands and thousands and thousands of pairs of mittens for the soldiers, Ukrainian soldiers on the front. And she's blind. (laughs) And I thought... Good oh, story. Bless her.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So there are some good people out there.
0: Oh yes, there still are.
1: <laughs> we just never hear about them. That's uh, no, that's I had to problem. dig. I know. I have to I dig. Know. Yeah, you get you. have got the spaghetti on the wall every day, but you know you have to dig to find the the good stories. Well, I think that's uh, that'll do it for us. Yeah. Until next time.
0: Until next time. Thanks
1: for listening. Happy holidays. And uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. Yes. Adios.
0: Adios.